Greetings, friends. Happy to be back with you here following the holiday weekend. Hope all of you have survived. Uh, Family time, travels, whatnots. You're listening to The What's Right Show here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Sam Rajofsky here, your host, lawyer, friend, man about town, and, of course, your guiding light in these troubled times. Delivering common sense conservative analysis here on a regular basis, Monday through Friday. Uh, What can I tell you? I want to I'm going to get to the Southwest airline chaos in a moment because I I'm fascinated by this both as a as a business person, as a tech person as an attorney, and of course, as a consumer of Southwest Airlines, a customer of their, a consumer of their product, a customer of the, of the airline, I, I fly them, gosh, I, at least two or three times a month. So I, I have some thoughts on this. Much bigger story than you would actually realize from just looking at the news. But first, I have to share you, permit me, uh, if I can give you a... Um, a bit of a rundown on a couple of interesting conversations. I'm getting together with you know, family and friends over the holidays, no doubt, as many of you have done uh, this weekend. And I, you know, of course, had the opportunity to uh, have a, a number of interesting conversations with folks. And one of the conversations reminded me of how we – here on this program, discussed the subject of COVID amnesty. Remember this? This was something that happened uh, a few months ago, maybe two months ago. So somebody penned a piece about how there ought to be COVID amnesty. We ought to forgive and forget, move on. And one of the things that I said is my answer to that was, of course, hell no, because you don't get a pass for all the wantonly cruel things that were done in the name of science, in the name of illogic, and of course in the name of power. So I, you know, it was my, you know, assessment of it, my take on it, uh, weeks, months ago. Well, it came up in actual conversation at my house, and I have to now tell you briefly about this. So we had some friends over. I would describe these friends as uh, liberal light. I don't think that's a real thing, but you know what I mean. The, I, my suspicion is the husband is one of those guys that votes Republican but won't tell his wife that he does. Uh, and the wife is quite a left-leaning person. You know, she's compassionate. She has a lot of feelings about things, but, you know, not, um, not necessarily nearly as extreme as many of their friends and family. So they are friends with us. Of course, we falling not necessarily in the liberal light camp, as you might imagine. So we uh, engage with them conversationally, politically, and whatnot, and occasionally come to some disagreement. But during COVID, we lived close by to each other, and so I remember that these are these are folks that you know were not as COVID crazy as many of their friends were. And they frequently ran into clashes and, and conflict with their 
uh, with their with, with these people that were you know that were insisting on crazy mitigation measures. In fact, I think the wife and they, you you'll probably relate to this. Many of you had this happen to you, where family members insisted that you jump through all sorts of crazy hoops just to be able to connect with them. Uh, she was telling me about a friend, her sister, how she had insisted that her her kids and her entire family quarantine for two weeks before they meet um, as a family. It's just crazy stuff, right? And 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 you know, as we're having this conversation, this fam, this friend of ours, she says to us, "We just need to forgive everyone. We need to forget. We need to let this go because." We just need to move on, and they didn't know. They didn't know better, and we know a lot more now. And I was across the room, friends. In fact, I was in the kitchen as this conversation was transpiring. I shot up like a jack-in-the-box out of the kitchen, and I said, Hell no. We <laughs> I remember what they said to you. I remember what they did to you. I remember... What a tough spot you were put in. I said this to my friend. And I do not buy for a minute the argument that they didn't know any better. Those of us who exercise common sense were able to balance the fear-mongering against our own sense of what was true and what was happening. And then something happened in this conversation. This is what I really, I got to share with you. Because the next thing out of her mouth in all this argument was flat wrong. And it's something I've heard before and I want to address it. Because the next thing what our friend says, well, people did mean things on both sides. I almost choked on my food when I heard that. That, (laughs) really? You think those of us who were perhaps suspicious of the vaccine refused to see and be with family members who were vaccinated? Did those of us who thought that perhaps masking was a bit over the top refuse to get together with uh, our friends that wanted to wear masks? This was entirely one-sided. The crazy, I trust in science, Dr. Fauci is my Lord and Savior crowd, they were the bigots in all of this. And they still are. And they're unrepentant. In fact, if anything, they are emboldened and believe that they would do it all over again in spite of the fact that we have a generation of young people in this country that are going to be forever scarred by all this nonsense. And an economy, by the way, this ties into a little bit to what we need to get into here with Southwest and this cataclysmic failure of a one-storied airline, in part due to the fact that we pushed all sorts of hocus-pocus restrictions on everyone from kids to businesses Hotel industry here in Las Vegas and beyond, the airlines causing untold economic and mental anguish. Friends, all of this needs to be discussed. And I'm, you know, when when wrong is done in this world, 
and I'm a big believer in this, when, when wrong is done, it's important to condemn it. It's important to hold the wrongdoers accountable. And it's important to continue discussing it even after the wrong that has been committed has, you know, the time of that, the era of that has passed. It's important to analyze it and to talk about it and to remind people what was done because gosh forbid we ever, ever as a country and as, as, as a planet do something like this to ourselves again. So I, this is just a huge thing. I'm going to take a quick break here, friends. You're listening uh, to the What's Right Show here on News Talk 840 KXNT. When we come back, uh, Southwest, I'll tell you what to expect, some hacks, some tips for you. If you're flying anytime in the next, not days, but 30 days, next month, you do not want to miss any of this. I will speak truth to you in a way that the airline right now is not. Sam Rajofsky, I'll be back in just a moment. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash, Injury Law, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. Uh, what can I tell you, friends? There is absolutely no worse feeling than getting stuck on your way to a Christmas vacation. Then getting stuck on your way to Christmas vacation, remaining stuck Christmas Eve, Christmas morning, in some hellhole airport midway through your trip, not able to get your bags, that is the definition of a living hell. And that is precisely what thousands of Americans experienced this uh, week, weekend, flying on Southwest. Now, I'll give you a little taste of this. I realize that this is radio. It is theater of the mind. So I am, I have to do, that's a lot of heavy lifting here for me as the host. I have to, I have to set the stage. But here is a bit of a taste of what last night here at the airport formerly known as McCarran at gate C4 I'm familiar with gate C4. Uh, It is always deceptive because, by the way, if you don't know the airport and southwest terminal there, T1, C4, it sounds like a small number. It's all the way at the freaking end of that long Seagate terminal. And I'm telling you, you see C4, you're like, oh, that gate's going to be close. And then you, you, you realize it's a mile away. So note to all of you inexperienced or less experienced travelers, uh, and Seagate's small numbers are far numbers. At any rate, at C4, this was what was taking place as there were literally hundreds of people in the terminal being told that yet another flight was canceled. Not canceled. And you can stay here in the gate area. So if you still have a flight that's anticipated to be today, which right now here is San Jose flight 970, please stay here in the gate area. They're telling people to stay in the gate area 
It will be rebooked automatically by our headquarters in Dallas. We're unable to rebook any more people because you're just going to keep standing here hours on end. So at this point, we have canceled all flights for the next three days. Unreal. I, I mean, it goes on and on. But the point is, they've got all these people there, and they're telling you, they're telling them, we will rebook you. It's going to happen out of Dallas. Have faith in us. And of course, by the way, none of that is actually occurring. Now, let me explain what is happening, because Southwest is blaming this on the weather. And a number of mainstream media outlets in their usual fashion are poo-pooing that, but not exactly explaining what is the real issue is. And it's important if you or somebody you know, a loved one, is flying on Southwest. I'm going to skip to the chase here just so you know. Don't count on any flights on Southwest probably for the next 30 days. In fact, I have a flight. I'll tell you this. I have a flight out to Florida at the end of January. I'm hoping, I think, that by then things will work themselves out. Now, here's the reason why I am uh, apprehensive about everything. What has happened internally, and I've heard this now from people within the organization, what has happened internally is the bad weather in Buffalo, and you've certainly followed this, you know, there's been some extreme weather around the country, no doubt caused by global warming. At any rate, had to throw that in. Uh, this weather has created delays. Now, the Southwest has an a 20-plus-year-old software system that manages their crew loads and, and their crew scheduling. The, the, the problem is, is that whenever there's a change, the scheduling people have to go in if a particular crew can't make, let's say it's the flight out of Vegas. You know how you're sometimes waiting for a plane and, and you're, you're there and they can't take off because the crew hasn't come in from another airport. You've had that happen to you, no doubt. I've had that happen many times. If that crew can't make it, if that plane cannot take off, they have to get another crew. Now they have to go in and make that edit manually. Apparently, they made so many manual edits that it crashed the entire system. And this thing is, we're talking 20 years old. Think about the computer you had 20 years ago and get back to me about how effective you think that this system that they're using is. Right, not very effective. So they go in, they crash it, the whole thing goes belly up, and now they're forced to, if you can believe it, in the busiest travel weekend Second biggest, busiest travel weekend of the year. They're forced to call people directly, call pilots, call flight attendants directly and set them up and schedule them for where they need to go. This is a catastrophe, right? Now, that other problem of it is that Southwest has, it's not a, Southwest is a unique airline. And back when it was started by a guy named Herb Keller, one of the things that they did is they decided not to be hub and spoke. If you go with Delta, they have hubs, right, and spokes that go out from those hubs. For example, the nearest Delta hub to us here in Vegas is uh, Salt Lake City. Atlanta is another major hub. Now, it's easy to to concentrate crews in those areas. If you lose a flight, you're you're just going to – there's always just a quick return trip back to the hub to get who and what you need. That's not the case for Southwest. You have flights that – and this, by the way, is a a brilliant model. It's something that – was pioneered by Southwest, and when it works, it's, it's fantastic. 
but these flights are very efficient and they're 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 all sent around and there's there's no home base and crews are centered all over the place this i'm telling you they internally are estimating that just to get people's bags could be up to 30 days meaning if you go and you checked a bag 30 days to get your bag so I have some practical advice here. Of course, look for other airlines. And when people say it's weather, yesterday, United Airlines that operates out of some of the iciest, most horrifying airports in the U.S., <laughs> they had a 5% cancellation rate of their flights, 5%. Yesterday, do you know how many Southwest flights were canceled? 70%, 7-0. That is unreal. So... Move to a different airline. If you've, if you've got the tickets, just, I mean, you'll get a refund. But walk away from them for, for crying out loud. Get away from them. One. Two, if you're familiar with these, these air tags that you can get from Apple, there's some generic brands too you can get. I, I don't, they're basically, they're tracking devices that are relatively inexpensive that you can put in your stuff. I strongly recommend you have that in your luggage, Okay. Because sometimes you're going to have to find your bag and know where it is. And these people, the airline has no idea where any of the bags are because on top of their luggage tracking, uh, the, the route tracking system, it's tied to also managing where the luggage goes. And they can't find that. They're going to have to potentially rebuild this entire database. It is a catastrophe. So this um, th- this thing is uh, a- a- absolutely crazy, and I and the other I guess perplexing thing to me as a as a business guy and as a as a software guy, because I'm a personal injury attorney, and I I remember I've shared this with you before when we first I first opened a firm, and I was you know I was looking at all the different software because in any business that interfaces with the public that's customer facing, you, you have to. You have to have a really good back-end software to keep everything organized and keep workflow moving, whether it's law, whether it's a a medical practice, whether it's an airline. You just need that kind of software. This is the world we live in. So I remember back then looking around for software, and it was all crap. And I basically started my own software, and it was very successful doing that in my life. And I, uh, So I have some insight into this. And I know what happens when you have an antiquated system that you keep putting patches on. Because I went through that. I had, I had an original kind of V1 version of my software, and I kept putting patches on it, and it just kept uh, crashing and getting worse. And I ultimately had to get to a place where I said, enough is enough. Start over. The fact that management at Southwest has not, has not, at any point in time, even though they've been warned, and I understand internally from my sources that they've been warned multiple times about this crappy software, they haven't just said, scrape it, we're starting over, we're going to invest millions of dollars into new software. It's astounding. Now, I, I, I know the CEO is getting a lot of flack. The other part of this that a lot of people don't want to talk about is the fact that their staffing is way down. And, you know, Southwest did lose a number of pilots and a number of flight attendants when Biden's vaccine mandate came in. And if you will recall, the CEO of Southwest, uh, Kelly, I think, Greg Kelly is his name, he was one of the people fighting against it and pushing back. But, but you know, Biden strong-armed the airlines into going along with this. He had no, I mean, they're, they're, they operate 
you know, tr- trans uh, cross state lines. So they're they're subject to orders from the federal government. You remember we analyzed this legally. So that didn't help. So you've got weather, you've got software that's antiquated that hasn't been updated. And then finally, the last thing to quickly address here is the customer service. You can find out more on Twitter and on Reddit than you can directly from the airline. And that is, that to me ultimately is the biggest failure that Southwest has. It's an absolute shame that they are unable to communicate more honestly and and directly with their customer in this day of age where you have all these platforms and ways to do it. That the private sector online is finding a way to communicate with customers directly is unbelievable. All right, friends, I have to take a quick break. You know the drill here. We got we got the news and uh, and traffic and all that here. Bottom of the hour. When I come back, Representative Elect George Santos admits to being a total liar. You do not want to miss this. Be back in a moment. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Greetings, friends, and welcome to the program. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Marjofsky here, your host, your truth teller, your guide, your friend, your attorney. Well, maybe not your attorney, but you know where to find me if you need one. All right. (laughs) Speaking of truth telling, there's a brand new incoming uh, representative elect, George Santos, Long Island Republican. Mr. Santos, it turns out, uh, plot twist here. He um, has made up much of everything about himself, uh, from his biography to perhaps some of his personal history. He came clean uh, today to the New York Post. He said, I am not a criminal. This controversy will not deter me from having good legislative success. I will be effective. I will be good. I, of course, uh, think he might be onto something because being an admitted liar certainly has not stopped many members of Congress from, quote-unquote, succeeding in their roles. This is a problem. Now, Mr. Santos is a Republican. He's run as an openly gay Republican, touted as, I believe, one of the only openly gay Republicans to win an open seat this last cycle. He apparently never graduated from any college, despite previously claiming to have received a degree from a prestigious school. I mean, the lies are numerous. He said he worked at Goldman, Citigroup. He's had to admit that he didn't graduate from any institution of higher learning. Quote, I'm embarrassed and sorry for having embellished my resume. I own up to that. We do stupid things in life. Okay, hold the phone. We all do stupid things in life. Mr. Santos is not wrong about that. 
Sometimes I forget my keys at home. I've been even known to leave the keys in the door. Sometimes, and folks, this may sound horrifying, I will put on a blue sock and a black sock together with my blue suit and head to court. Yes, we all do stupid things. Lying for months on end, running in a primary and then in a general election, that's not doing something stupid. And I don't care that he's a Republican. I, you know, by the way, more reason for us to condemn this because we are the party of right and wrong. As conservatives, we have to be principled. And we can't just succumb to political gamesmanship and say, well, we need every seat in Congress. Yes, I know we do. But what we need more than that is a moral high ground. People like George Santos in our party do tremendous damage to that. My concern as, uh, well, I haven't said, I don't seen McCarthy speak out about this. He's, I mean, he is aware, certainly, and is no doubt discussing what his options are with his advisors, McCarthy being the presumptive leader of the House and certainly the party leader now in Congress of the Republican, uh, Republican Party, Republicans uh, in Congress, but I, in the House. But I, I look, this ought to be condemned in the strongest of terms. Here is MSNBC, MSNBC's Eddie Glaude. This is uh, today on Morning Joe talking about the silence from Republicans. Listen to this. I think it's really important here that we have a political party, operatives who knew this, they were okay with it. We have a state political party that is silent with regards to these, uh, they're not allegations, these revelations with regards to Santos. Uh, We have leadership, McCarthy and Stephanie, uh, Stefanik, silent with regards to what, what is being revealed. And it shows, to my mind, a kind of level of corruption, a level of moral corruption, I should say, right, at the heart of, the, of, a, of a major political party that should, should raise a lot of alarms. I think these people need to shut up because they <laughs> carried water for Uncle Joe Biden for years. And all of it, <laughs> I can't even... Where do I begin? Joe, I was arrested protesting with Nelson Mandela, Biden. Joe, I gave my Uncle Frank a purple heart. What about Hillary Clinton? All her made-up nonsense. Remember how she was in Bosnia or Serbia, wherever it was, landing in a war zone, getting shot at? People who were there, of course, debunked the entire story. Hillary Clinton made up a whole whole swaths of her resume and things that she had done. And she made it up on the fly. And Biden, we don't know if it's because he's senile, but he's making up stories. He made up stories years ago, 20 years ago. He's caught lying about things that he did. He is just – so my commentary on this, of course, is – In order for us to have the moral high ground, we need to be in position to call out people like Eddie Glaude and Joe Scarborough on MSNBC for their hypocrisy. 
And we need to be in a position where we are not engaged in the same type of hypocrisy in turn. Now, the other part of this is, I, I, you know, we have a problem with our young people today. And I, I don't want to sound – I'm 42 years old. I f- I'm starting to feel old, okay? And the reason for this <laughs> – the reason for this is that I'm just kind of an old-school guy, even among my contemporaries. You know, you know an, an apple's an apple. I'm seeing kids that I hire now who are in their early 20s who've gone from school. And if, if, if you know, in school, I mean, look, if, if an apple, if you think an apple's a pear, you, you, you can get away with that. That's, that's A-OK because your subjective reality is well, cannot be or should not be interfered with, right? Or so goes a current thinking in institutions of learning across the country. Of course, it's total nonsense because kids, young minds, need grounding. They need enforcement of things that are actual and real. And that does not happen. Uh, and it's, by, by, by the way, I will say this. Um, there's, there's, there, again, I, I'm... I have a limited sample, but I have hired a number of people over the last few years that have proven to be real liars. Now, we've always had liars, but these are people that when confronted don't think that they've done anything wrong. They don't think that they've – they don't think I'm right. So, well, wait a minute. Did you make the call or did you not make the call? Did you call the client or did you not call the client? Well, I can't say, no, you're using too many words. It's a yes or no question. By the way, you can trigger these folks by saying the question, the answers to the question are binary. <laughs> I'm terrible, right? I know, but that's, that's just the thing. This is a generation of people that, and I'm not saying this particular guy who, who ran, you know, Santos, he ran, um, you know, b- b- believes that there are 300 genders. But if you think there are 300 genders, you're not grounded in reality. You're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And so you're going to go to work somewhere someday and try to claim that something is when it isn't. And that's a problem. Because when I go to work, when I go to Salmon Ash, and I lead my law firm, what happens? What do I do? Well, I, my responsibility is to my clients. My current, past, and future clients delivering the best possible service I can. I don't. I don't really care what somebody's subjective truth is. You know, there's only one truth. There's only did you do the job, yes or no, and then how well. The reason that, I mean, the reason that we have a, a, a good firm is because we fire people who do kind of this kind of stuff. Right, and we've cultivated a a strong small group of of fabulous uh, and and hardworking and ethical employees. But it's I'm telling you, and many of you are business owners, and I've heard from you. You've emailed me. By the way, my email, as you know, Sam at SamAndAshLaw dot com. You've told me, you've admitted to me, you have the same problem. Uh, So I, you know, I know I'm not alone in this. But I, you know, I, I have to say something to all the Republicans that are quiet on this or who are defensive of 
protective of Mr. Santos. He ran as a quote-unquote conservative, right? He ran as a Republican. If he's lied about his entire biography, if he's lied about personal things in his life, why do you believe him about his politics? Why do you believe him about his convictions, his positions, his, his, you know, his, his state of mind when it comes to the issues? If I were the Speaker of the House, if I were the House Minority Leader, if I were his boss, I would look to any constitutional uh, vehicle in my, at my disposal to oust him and send him packing from Congress. I would expel him. And this is a very important point I'm making. I would expel him, one, because it's the right thing to do. And two, because this is somebody who you cannot trust. Hold the election over. Have a new candidate come in. I, I understand that in the short term, you would, it would be appointed likely by the governor in New York. I think that's how New York state law works. So you'd end up with a Democrat. You hold the election. Put, put a new person in. But you, you know, you're you're gonna end up this. The, if he stays in office, mark my words, you will hear that name again and again and again. Ah, oh, George Santos. We friends, as Republicans, as conservatives, we have to be principled, and I think you agree with me. All right, the woke bail organization that released a man that shot a waiter in our community here in Las Vegas has gone under. I'll explain why. This is occurring, connecting some dots for you. Don't go anywhere. I'll be back in just a moment. Sam Arjofsky here. News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Hi, it's Ash from Sam and Ash Injury Law. You need a lawyer you can trust. So give us a call at 702-820-1234 or go to SamAndAshLaw.com. No pressure, just answers, because you deserve what's right. And welcome back, friends. Welcome to the What's Right Show here on News Talk 840 KXNT. If you missed any portion of this program, you can always go to the podcast, and that lives over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, What's Right Show, WRS. Look at my uh, – look it up there. It's, it'll be the only result that comes in. You click it, follow it, subscribe, do all that stuff, and then you can get – the program there. By the way, if you do enjoy the program, we do appreciate your feedback, uh, both on the podcast. Uh, you can let me know uh, by, well, giving a review. Uh, give us those stars. And then, of course, I always love hearing from you. Sam at samandashlaw.com. Sam at samandashlaw.com, which, of course, is my work email, but I am available there. Um, all the time, and I do. I really do try to respond to each and every one of you when you reach out to me. Now, I uh, before I get to this story of this insane bail reform group that um, wreaked havoc in our community here in Las Vegas, I just want to remind you. Producer Robbie sent over some s- snippets of Joe Biden being less than truthful. Remember, just last segment we were talking about the. Republican elected congressman from Long Island, George Santos, 
who turns out has made up just about everything about himself during the campaign, the truths now, the lies all coming to light. Here is, of course, Joe Biden, who the media has given a pass to. Props, uh, props, right, to the New York Post for being an equal opportunity account holder. Can I say that account holder? Holding to account, that's what I meant to say, of uh, politicians regardless of their party or political orientation. Here is from a campaign event from 1988, Joseph our Biden, future president of the United States. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only 123 credits. All of this is a lie. I mean, it's all made up. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just saying it's on the record. Yeah, you know, he ran for president. MSNBC. Joe Scarborough never held him to account for any of this. So uh, leaving that there for what it's worth. Now I want to talk about the bail project. If you remember back in the days of BLM, the summer of George, <laughs> 2021. Many of us here in Las Vegas who have businesses downtown, like I do, awake at all hours of the night fearing the worst. I personally would wake up uh, one in the morning, two in the morning, checking my cameras at my office downtown in the Arts District, fearing that rioters would storm down where our office is. And, you know, we've got big glass windows and just worried what that would do to my business. Uh you know, it was it was absolutely crazy. And one of the things that was happening, particularly in L.A., but here as well, is that celebrities, rich, successful, oftentimes good-looking people who live in mega mansions with security people and high walls, were paying for bail money to release people who had done violent acts, vandalized small businesses, destroyed the livelihoods of business, small business owners in their communities and letting them right back out to do more damage. Chrissy Teigen and John Legend, the most insufferable couple in Hollywood, I'm only saying that because Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, I guess, are not a Hollywood, but I guess now they are. They've got producing credits to their name. You know, They've produced that and sent off. Anyway, so maybe the second most insufferable couple in Hollywood. At any rate, they were paying money, personally giving money, and one of the organizations through which they did this was a group called the Bail Project. Now I've thought of these folks as being particularly vile for a long time, but I certainly liked them even less when we found out a year ago, December of 21, that they had paid the $3,000 bail for a guy named Rashawn Gaston Anderson. That's a hyphen, probably styled after Sam Bankman-Fried. Gaston Anderson doesn't look like uh, Mr. Bankman-Fried. Um, he, well, he's got similar hair. He's a, he's a thug. And what he did is he burgled a Chinese restaurant here in town 
in, uh, I believe it was Chinatown. It was somewhere on, off of Spring Mountain. Uh, this was on, what was it, December 23rd, 2001, almost exactly a year ago. And when in that restaurant there was still a waiter there, one person left working, Cheng Yang Wang, and he shot him. He almost killed him. Took uh, Mr. Wang, you know, months and months to recover. So this, this guy, this dude, Gaston Anderson, gets released on bail right before this crime, even though he had committed violent acts. And we found out back um, on December. No, 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 I have this wrong. The, the assault happened de- December 20th, the shooting, 2001. And this December 23rd, right before Christmas, the waiter who had been shot sued the bail reform group, the bail project, for his damaging, damages, 11 gunshots that he suffered. Uh, he's got scars all over his body. So his lawyer is going after this bail project. The reason the bail project is shutting down is because they're going to go insolvent. They're just going to shutter this group. This is how despicable these fabulous liberals are. And they, by the way, includes Richard Branson, Danny Glover, others uh, in the media business that uh, were paying money as part of their support of these BLM-affiliated groups. And I look, um, if you have to escape responsibility for your actions by closing down your entity, preventing the uh, victim of your acts from, from suing and getting damages, again, I say this as a lawyer, I've seen this happen, uh, there's a special place in hell for you. And so this, I, I'll follow this case and see how it goes. I hope that lawyers working for the victim here, for Mr. Wang, are able to, um, well, I hope they're able to prevail on this. I, I think there's some certain ways that they can. There's still the parent group that's based, I believe, in California that they could pursue. Uh, but again, this is just a very big deal. I have to run now, folks. Sorry, time's up. I'll be back here tomorrow. On News Talk 840, KXNT, The What's Right Show will continue then.